What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a very special episode of Speaking Llama, a Survivor podcast, where we are here to talk about arguably my two favorite things in the world, Survivor and board games. And more importantly, we are joined by a very special guest with us today, uh, Jamie Stegmeyer of Stonemeyer Games, uh, publisher of great games like Viticulture, Wingspan, Scythe. Maybe you've played them, maybe you haven't. But if you haven't, you definitely should check it out. Jamie, how are you doing this morning? I'm excited to be here. Survivor and board games are two of my favorite topics too. And I figured there's some overlap between the audiences here. And yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm really excited to talk about Survivor today and talk about games as they relate to Survivor. Um, absolutely. I was telling Alex that I do think the cross-section of people who love board games and people who love Survivor are probably pretty big out there. And so uh, I've really wanted to kind of dive into this and a topic about Survivor and board games and kind of the overlap. But tell us a little bit about yourself, about your history with Survivor. Yeah. Um, so I I started watching Survivor when, when the first season came out. And I think it was the summer of, was it 99 or 2000? Yeah, Long time yeah. ago. Yeah. I think it was the summer after I, I first went to college. I came back to town. I remember watching the finale in a room filled with like 30, 40 people. Like we, it was a giant gathering of people just sitting around watching the finale. And I've watched every season since then, except for one or two when I was studying abroad in Japan. I couldn't get those seasons. And someday I just need to go back and watch them. But I kind of know what happened in those seasons now, so I haven't rewatched them or tried to watch them. But yeah, I, I've loved it. it for, for many years, I would get together with friends and watch Survivor. Now it's mostly just me and Megan watching it and then sometimes uh, listening to podcasts like yours and, and getting that sense of community by hearing what other people think about it. But uh I love the show and I love talking about it. So I'm really excited to talk about it with you two today. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Do you have any uh, favorite players or seasons in particular that kind of stand out to you? Yeah, I was thinking about my favorite players. You you two are amazing. I've listened to only a few episodes of your podcast so far, but I need to go back and listen to some of the older ones. But your your memories in terms of how you remember like what happened in certain seasons and names of people <laughs> is incredible. I don't have that level of memory, but I did think about this question in advance. Some of my favorites are... People who are really good at challenges, or I think, are, are fun to watch, like Ozzy and Jonathan. Jonathan more recent than Ozzy. Um, Carson really impressed me last season mm. with his ability to prepare in advance for many of these challenges. I hadn't seen a survivor do it to that level before. Cochran, um, I, I, uh, I just really like Cochran's how how nerdy he was. I got to meet Cochran in person and asked him if he played games, and he Ooh. he was like. No, I, I look like someone who would play games, but I don't. I, um, and Tyson, I like funny com uh, contestants. So I like uh, guys like Tyson who are, who are really humorous. Parvati, I thought, used some really interesting strategies that I haven't seen other players use. And Rick Devins, I really like Rick. And I, I like that he's on the uh, the uh, Jeff's podcast now as one of the co-hosts. Yeah, those are some of my favorites from past seasons. Yeah. Incredible. Th th those are all great. Uh, I appreciate the listen to the podcast. Uh I also am impressed with our survivor knowledge at times, though I do wonder what like I could else I could be using my memory for. But uh, unfortunately, it's survivor. For me, that's like game rules. I have thousands of game rules in my head that could be occupied by other information. But yeah, but nonetheless, we're here. We're doing those things. Yep. Yeah, yep. You also so asked Jay about favorite. See, oh, go ahead. Alex. No, yeah. you you got it. You got it. <laughs> um, so favorite seasons, again, I don't have the best memory for this. Many of my memories for past seasons are like specific moments from those seasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would say fairly recently, I think there have been some really emotional tribal councils at in mm -hmm. various seasons, whether it's tied to, um, I think the, maybe the first one that comes to mind is the one where uh, someone was outed as a transgender 
person at tribal, really emotional tribal council. There was another one. There are a few uh, that have been tied to uh, kind of racial relations and and uh, inclusivity. And I thought those were really powerful. As a favorite season, though, I think it was either 38 or 39 that I had the opportunity to go to the final show or like the final episode um, or they do the live, you know, the, the, the live reveal. Mm-hmm. I think it was 38 or 39. It was the one where Rick, De- Rick Devins was on the season. Yeah. And so that one is very memorable to me because I never imagined that I could actually go to the finale and I, I got to go to it. So that was one of my favorites. That's one where Chris came back from exile and ended up winning the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good season. That's that's yeah. a season, you know, Caleb and I, we watch quite a bit and we play board games together. We often say yeah. Rick Devins is kind of the Caleb. You know, he's like that even in board games comes across. People think he's a big threat and I kind of sneak in like Chris at the very end. And- <laughs> beat Caleb every time so that's uh <laughs> that's a good season <laughs> have either of you I know I should I should probably know this but have either of you ever attended one of those uh finales the live finales no. unfortunately not no we've we've had a few watch parties we're both here in Texas and so there's been a few watch parties kind of kind of the last year or so that we've been able to go to and meet some some former players there but unfortunately cool. you know we're hoping those live finales come back so yeah. we can go <laughs> So yeah, that was a fun era when they used to do that. Although I do also like that they get to talk about it now in the moment when it's very fresh in their minds at mm-hmm. the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have had, gotten the chance to know um, Cassidy from season forty-three because oh, cool. um, she's she's from the Austin area, and so uh, it's been fun to hear their perspectives too on like that experience of the immediacy of right after voting. But um, yeah, so thanks for sharing some of that. Uh, you know. We obviously love Survivor and a lot of us have many different reasons for doing so, but like what what is it about Survivor that keeps you coming back for more and more? Yeah, I, I've been trying to think about this because it I'm I'm hooked on it. Like I haven't I don't ever even consider not watching a new season yeah. now. But um I think one of the reasons I've stayed with it over the years, and then I was entranced by it originally, is just the the original concept of having people on an island trying to survive. Yeah. Um that combined with the variety of challenges that they offer, like just the the social game tied to the physical games, tied to the mental games. Um, It's the combination of all three that really hooks me. There are many other shows, you know, that have like maybe one or even two of those aspects, but Survivor combines all three so well. And I think they, they just seem fully committed to the casting and the quality of the challenges and the whole look and feel of it, like there's no break in immersion from it. And to, uh, except for those fourth wall moments where they do intentionally break it a little bit more in the last few seasons. And I like that too. I like the sneak peek behind the scenes sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. <laughs> just a combination of all those different elements and the level of quality that they continue to strive to achieve. It's just, I think it's unparalleled for any other uh, contestant uh, competition style show. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that it has been on for since the 2000 uh, and and it's still going. And I don't know when it's going to stop. I hope it doesn't stop. But how are you feeling about the latest season? Are you you keeping up with 45? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm loving the longer episodes. I'll always stay more Survivor. (laughs) Um, We usually don't watch them the night of. We watch them the the next night. So I'm glad we could record this on a Friday so we could Mm -hmm. watch it yesterday. Um, So I am caught up uh, and I'm... I'm enjoying it. I feel like it's one of those seasons where I, I still need to learn a lot about many of the players because we've spent yeah. so much time with Lulu. Yep. Um, but Survivor still, with it, with the longer episodes, they've done a pretty good job of letting me know who these other people are. Some of my favorites right now, I think, for for winning potentially are uh, Drew. I think you, you two mentioned that maybe he reminds you a little bit of, um, who was the older guy who won a few years ago? Yeah, Gabler. 
yeah, Gabler. Yeah, reminds me of a younger Gabler. I can definitely see that. I like that comparison. <laughs> um, Caleb, I think, is one, playing a really smart game. Maybe too smart. Like, they, yeah. he might have too big of a target on him. But we'll see if he can slip by that. I think he has a great chance. And then D. I know D may have made a little misstep in this last episode. But I perce- my perception is that she's a very perceptive person. And I think that can get you pretty far in Survivor when she's she's noticing things that other people may not see. In fact, even with this past episode where she was noticing that the knot on the bag may have been tied yes. a specific way. I don't know if that was true or not, but <laughs> that would have never occurred to me. And I, I, that spoke to her uh, perception, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I also just be like, if Sean did that intentionally, right? Like the oh, yeah. next level strategy of every meticulous thing, which uh, I love to, to watch. Yeah, I wonder, I just listened to his exit interview on uh, Rob Sestronino's podcast. He didn't mention that, but I'd be curious if he has an answer about that. Do you happen to know? Was that on purpose? Yeah. Not that I'm aware. Maybe we'll get to okay. ask him one day. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love those like small little things where people are just thinking the next level. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jamie, one question I have for you. Would you ever apply to Survivor? Would you go out on Survivor? If so, you know, do you have a strategy? How do you think you would fare uh, out there on the island? Yeah, I love uh, fantasizing about that, but um, <laughs> I I get migraine headaches if I don't sleep and uh, eat on a regular basis. <laughs> and so I think on day one, maybe day two, I would be in a, in a lot of pain. Um, yeah. And so knowing that about myself, that this is maybe apropos for this season, knowing that about myself, I would not want to ever take someone else's position from the show because I would be miserable out there for that reason. Maybe if for, if for some way my body evolved out of that and that wouldn't be a problem, I would, I would, yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to go on there. I'd love to see, and honestly, I'd love to see any game designer or uh, game publisher go, go on the show. I know that there are a few who have applied to it, um, mm-hmm. but it would be fascinating to see their, like, inside perspective on the game while they're while they're actually playing the game i don't think i would be a great survivor i think i would be too <laughs> too weak too much in pain from the headaches but uh i love to think about it anyway what, what i would do in those situations Absolutely. have you two applied i'm sure you no. we i i've i've been yeah. applying since 2018 okay um, okay and we both have been to an open casting call or two mm-hmm. uh though cool. alex has a really interesting pitch for survived yeah. to cast him you want to share what that was alex yeah it didn't go well i uh <laughs> we we had about 60 seconds in front of the camera uh to give our pitch and so uh i thought we'd only have about 30 seconds and i was gonna play like a, a reverse psychology of here's all the reasons you shouldn't put me on the show but oh. you should anyway uh uh-huh. but i'm like 60 seconds let me talk a little bit about myself my job and then move into the reverse psychology uh the the person behind the camera gave me like a 10 second uh you know kind of closing out signal and i said don't put me on the show because i hate snakes but i won't quit <laughs> and then it cut off <laughs> i looked at the person behind the camera and she started laughing and i said that wasn't very good was it she said no <laughs> so surprisingly they haven't called me back but you know maybe one day. that's awesome <laughs> but maybe one day uh that does actually i would also love to see a board game designer out there or just a creator do you think if a future board game designer was on the show, should they tell people that they are a board game designer? Probably not. No, probably they're not. probably better off going with like entrepreneur or something more more generic. Yeah. Um, like the contestant this season who's who's hiding the fact that she's a lawyer. I think sometimes people overestimate how much people read into those names, but uh, and maybe, maybe there has been a board game designer on the show and I haven't realized it and they just hit it a little bit better. Yeah. I, yeah. What do you think? Do, when people hide that sort of thing, does that... Is it over the top or sometimes do you think it's helpful? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. We've actually had a couple conversations about that with so many lawyers talking about whether or not they should tell people this season. Um, I, I do think it does matter because people have preconceived notions of what that is. Um, and so for the lawyers, like I, it makes sense. I also wonder sometimes like, Hey, don't like, if you can't draw on something that you've done previously, I think last Mm -hmm. season we saw, a uh, a, a surgeon or a doctor mm-hmm. like lie about being a physical therapist or whatever. Yeah. And like, he just didn't play it off very well. Uh, and so yeah. if you don't have something that you're really familiar with to fall back on, there's no like sense in making a lie, just a lie. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Yeah. And even with like the 26 days now, instead of the 39, I feel like people are looking for any excuse to vote you out <laughs> really early right. on without getting to know you. So, you know, Hey, I'm a board game designer. Immediately you're a threat. Uh, when yeah, it comes yeah. to the game. So, um, but I, I would align with the board game designer. That's, who, that's something <laughs> I want to work with. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, speaking of board games, uh, let's shift yeah. into a little bit of a conversation on kind of this overlap uh, between the two. Because yeah. I, I see a lot of similarities. Part of what I love about Survivor is the strategy piece about it. Um, yeah. And you have designed lots of different board games, uh, Jamie. For those that maybe aren't familiar with um your work. Uh, could you share just a little bit about your history of board game designing? Yeah, yeah. Um, my my first published game. All all my games are published by my company. So I'm the designer. I'm the lead designer for my company. But we have published games from other designers too. Uh, uh, Viticulture is the first one I designed. Then Euphoria, Charterstone, Scythe, uh, Red Rising. More recently, uh, along with Expeditions. Um, smitten to a, a little cooperative game. Most of my games are competitive games uh, in the Euro style. Anyone watching, listening who doesn't know what that is, it means games with high levels of agency and usually low levels of player interaction, which is a little bit different or a lot different than Survivor where, where the other players matter quite a bit. I look for tension in my games, but not um, but very little conflict, usually not a lot of negotiation or even trading in my games either. So there, for that reason, there isn't a lot of overlap between survivor and my games but uh but they're i still look for games with interesting decisions and i think a lot of the decisions in survivor are really interesting yeah and so kind of on that note what as a game designer as you think about how you look at strategy what's intriguing to you about the the design of survivor in particular well yeah, there, there's so many different like mini games within Survivor, mini, mini yeah. games and meta games. Some of the ones that come to mind in particular that I think are fascinating is whenever they give contestants or players a choice between two different options. Um, they've done it in the last few seasons in terms of the, uh, the the very first challenge when they get to the beach, where it's either uh, like a brute strength challenge that takes a lot of time, or the uh, what, what's the name for it? you guys know the name of it? Yeah, the sweat or savvy? Sweat, sweat or savvy? Yeah, I love that choice. I think that's a, yeah. a, a great choice to give players. They also, a few seasons ago, right when they were still on the boat, before they even got off the original boat, they gave tribes a choice like that. I can't remember what it was. You guys have a bunch better memory. Do you remember? They, they had some sort of, I think it was maybe one tribe chose one way, and then the other tribes had to choose from the remaining options. That yep. right? yes. Yeah, I think it was David versus yeah. Goliath. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love those sorts of choices. But I also love when those choices emerge inside the challenge themselves, when, when there are different paths to victory, I guess, within... How the challenge is designed, but it's not as uh, as as clear of a split choice. They're kind of deciding as they go. Maybe they're strategizing a little bit before they go into it. I so a lot of the, um, what I'm talking about is the challenges, but I I love the design of the challenges. Yeah. Do you have any favorite challenges that come to mind like that, where they have a, a very clear choice, or maybe teams take very different strategies? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the I, I wish we could see a little bit more of the behind the, the scenes strategizing that the tribes get to do prior to yeah. those challenges. I don't know if you've ever watched uh, Peridium. Uh, on YouTube. Oh, yeah. uh, he's a yeah. content creator for Survivor, but he has some videos on like how people have hacked challenges. And I so I really yeah. watching, see, seeing people kind of like take, this is what the rule said. Uh, mm -hmm. And this is how I've manipulated it to my advantage. Like the one that comes to yeah. mind always for me is in Cook Islands. Uh, that's the one with Ozzy's first season with Yule. They're like in this boat and they have to drop these cannonballs down. And there's a target they have to line up with or rather than use the target, he just looks through the hole and drops the cannonball in with by line of sight. And so it's like, yeah. I, I love that creativity, both in board games and in Survivor. What about mm -hmm. you, Alex? Yeah, I think my my favorite types of challenges, and this was really prominent, I think it was in um, Second Chances, where they would hide idols in challenges uh, to find. Because it's kind of that metagame where it's, you know, you, you put yourself in the shoes of Kelly Wentworth or Jeremy, whoever it is, um, trying to find that idol. And are they going to get caught? Are they not? Um, the, the game within the game uh, that's happening there. Uh, I think those are my favorite challenges. In addition to I, I have a soft spot for the um, what are they when they're when they're blindfolded and have to put the puzzle together and like get the puzzle pieces <laughs> oh, and, really? and run into each other. That's, you know, the, the humor of Survivor gets me too. so. <laughs> I love the humor. I I I suffer through those challenges when I block because I don't I don't like to see them get hurt. I, and I'm sure that's not the part that you get excitement out of no, no. that you enjoy. But I, whenever there's the potential for a survivor to get hurt, I I get anxious. I don't want to see that happen. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. But it is funny. Yeah. So so thinking of like kind of um, game mechanics and things like that, have there been any elements of Survivor that have influenced your board game design um or if so what, what kind of elements you know would you love to see in a board game at some point well i love i love prisoner dilemma style choices um and i've tried to incorporate them into my designs i don't think i've ever successfully put one in because like i said my games aren't particularly interactive with the other players um i the one thing that maybe i i've started to incorporate i'm working on a game right now in particular that uses this is in survivor you really have to keep your eyes open at all times like like in many board games the art is there for the aesthetic but not for you to find anything hidden within the art but survivor it's one big game of like seek and find with the with the idols you're always looking for a tree that looks weird or you know a rock that's out of place and i love that they that they encourage that that they encourage players to keep their eyes open um so i like games that do that too i like games where the art is a little bit more than aesthetic that maybe there's some hints or clues especially mm -hmm. in narrative games of things that you might be looking for or things that you could learn from the art Fantastic. Yeah. Jimmy, is that, yeah, you kind of mentioned you don't, your games in particular don't necessarily have a lot of player interaction. I think of, I've played yeah. a lot of, a lot of Scythe. Um, it's, it's actually one of my favorite games uh, of all mm -hmm. time. Uh, but, and I love the inside the, sometimes the threat of like conflict uh, is, is just mm -hmm. as important as the actual conflict that happens. Yeah. Um, and Survivor, as you kind of mentioned, is really all about that social interaction from like a, a game design standpoint. Why is that maybe something you steer clear from in game design or maybe less interesting for you for a board game? Yeah, that's, I, I really like that question. Um, and you're right in, inside that is, that is a pretty big feature of, of the game. Uh, not encouraging combat, but, but making it adding, adding tension to the game as a result. And when I, I guess I should say with player interaction, I love to have tension in games. I love to have reasons yeah. to pay attention to the other players without the ability to directly hurt them. And that is yeah. pretty comparable to Survivor too. There's 
there are I mean, like you are voting players out, but before then, you're rarely directly hurting another player. Mm-hmm. I would say there's more in Survivor. There's more positive player interaction opportunities yeah. to lift other players up, to take them along for a reward or to hand over a goodwill challenge to, uh, reward to to another player. And I love positive player interaction in games. So a lot of our games have that. And like Wingspan, there are a lot of cards that say you gain this, but all other players also gain this. Um, I like those those feelings where everyone feels good and maybe you feel a little bit better based on what you've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, in regards to, you know, one of the things that I have been searching for in board mm-hmm. games is a game that gives me a feeling of kind of that social strategy of Survivor. And I think of games like Werewolf or Avalon, The Resistance, uh, Secret Hitler. Those games are social strategy games, which are great, yeah. but nothing has like found the itch for me that reminds me of Survivor. Have you come across any games uh, that have reminded you of the show? None that have encompassed all the different ele- elements of the show. Um, yeah. I think it's tough to find. I think Survivor has pulled it off almost magically. They can they can have that cross section of all those different elements and have them be engaging for the players and for the audience. Like you said, there are a lot of bluffing social deduction games that encompass that one specific part of the show. I think maybe the tough thing about Survivor is that it has player elimination. It's a key part mm-hmm. of the game. There yeah. are games that can pull off player el- elimination, but it's it's pretty rare that I think you can pull that off on the tabletop and provide a good experience for all the players. Yeah. So I think that's that's a, that's a limiting factor. There are games, you know, there are escape room games with puzzles and things like that. I bet what you could do maybe is combine, find one great game with each of those elements and just have a game night where you play one escape room game, one social deduction game, and then one one dexterity game, maybe. Yeah. And just yeah. have that could give me give you the feel of a game night around Survivor, but not within one single game. I think that's difficult. Yeah, it's something hard. It's you know, the we there was a Survivor produced a Survivor party game in like the oh. for the first season. They actually made oh. a second copy of it for the Australian Outback, uh, which Alex and I both own. And we've had Survivor game nights uh, and, it, and it's hard to get, you know, six to eight people to come play. And then I vote one of you out uh, and you're not playing the rest of the night for, you know, an hour or two. Uh, yeah. So that's hard to kind of like have that even experience for everybody though uh alex and i have had some epic blind sides while playing that game um <laughs> unfortunately i've never won one but a- alex has and um so good for you alex way to come yeah <laughs> appreciate it no uh, well jamie a question for you you know i i think for me what what i love about survivor and, and board games is this idea of like kind of shared experience you know bonding over um, watching Survivor together, talking about it on the podcast, meeting new people because of it. Um, yeah. And even on Survivor, we see, especially in this new era, a lot about kind of stories and how that informs gameplay and things like that. Um, so for you, you know, how does this idea of like a shared experience or kind of stories inform your design of board games? Yeah, those are some of my favorite things about games. I I I, I play games because of the other people at the table and um, and and the stories that we can create, especially for campaign games where we're telling a story together over multiple games. Um, that's as uh, and survivors essentially every season is a is a little campaign game. They're not just playing one game; they're playing yeah. you know ten different potentially ten different uh, episodes or games. So I love that persistent element of games where something that you may have done five games before that might come back and and help you or hurt you um, in the future and how that adds to the narrative, especially if I can share that narrative with somebody else. Um, mm-hmm. So I've, uh, it, I think it comes to mind the most with those campaign style narrative games 
have you two enjoyed any of those style of games together or or separately yeah we, yeah we played uh the scythe campaign um together oh, cool. um nice. i i think we 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 had a group we stopped <laughs> right before the end but caleb was so far in the lead that <laughs> there was no chance any of us could even get close to him so um, well that yeah that that was a lot of fun um we all Alex and I also played Gloomhaven uh, together with mm-hmm. two other friends, uh, and so yeah, that kind of I even think we did that over the course of about two years, um, and it was me, Alex, and two other of our friends, and every single week, every Sunday, we went to someone's house and played Gloomhaven, um, and it's that like, I and even not just campaign games, I think of um, there are plenty of games that we have like we have with our kind of core group of friends that we've played, and we you know we bring it to the table and say. Oh, do you remember that one time that Alex pulled off this move or that one time that so-and-so did this? And it's just, just kind of that shared memory of, I, honestly, it's just joy for me. Uh, and, yeah. and and that's, I love games that provide those moments more than anything else. Yeah, I agree. That's why I make games. I Our goal is to bring joy to people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious for, on this question, if you don't mind me asking. So with yeah. like campaign games, oftentimes, uh, you the the decisions you make early on impacts you mechanically later on in the game. Maybe you've earned something and you get to earn more, you know more more income, something that you get to spend later on. And Survivor, that's more like social currency. It's not actual like basically your your past votes count uh, don't count against you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious if you've ever talked about that on the podcast. If you if you think that uh, what how that would impact Survivor if uh if that was like a tiebreaker or something like that if past votes count against you uh for for future have yeah. have, an, have an impact on you in the future yeah well you know it, it used to impact the future uh, so uh in early survivor that was the tiebreaker at tribal it council was. so okay. in australia on australian outback um the when they merged into two tribe into one tribe the one tr- one side figured out who had gotten a vote in previous tribal council and so voted uh-huh. for that person in the first tribal because they knew that was the tiebreaker. Uh, and wow. I and I think that is part of the reason they eliminated that. Uh-huh. And yeah, I agree, though, that the social currency, um, I think we see impact it more often than not. I, I've liked what they've done this season um, in terms of kind of this idea of sacrificing votes. Obviously, we saw it for mm-hmm. not work out well for Sabaya. I get given her context, it was obviously the wrong decision, but Mm-hmm. kind of banking I, i'm making a decision now that's going to give me a an advantage in the future uh, i really i think i really enjoy um versus this is like i lose a vote just for the sake of losing a vote because i risk something um yeah alex do you have any thoughts on this question yeah we, we talked about it a little bit in, on the podcast i don't think we dedicated much time to it. i would love to this this idea of like almost pre pre-jury moves and do they mm-hmm. even count like if you're yeah. in the final three um there's so much game in between the first few tribal councils and the very end will that even matter and, and so yeah. i think you know this season with emily kind of saving caleb last episode or last week's episode when sabaya went home is that something that she can use in a final tribal council pitch or is it yeah. like there's so much game that happens in between that really that is just to get you to the merge and then it's a brand new game um so i i I think there's it's so interesting and again it's 26 days now it used to be 39 we also watch in podcasts uh about australian survivor uh which if you don't watch that i highly recommend it um and that's 50 days long 
And so really with that, they, they are the ones that really say, Hey, something you do on day five, it has no impact on your Uh ability to win on day 50. So um, I I find that aspect really interesting of at, at what point is, do the scales tip where your moves are now helping your chance of winning. Right. That is really interesting. Yeah, I, I am almost I, so often I'm amazed in the tribal councils, the final tribal council, where they don't bring up something that happened really early on. And you're right, maybe it just doesn't. It's so far off their memories at that point that um, they, it's not worth bringing up or maybe it's edited out. I don't know. Pro- probably a little bit of both. Yeah, um, yeah, I do think some of the survivor players we've talked with have really shared that, hey, pre-merge stuff like that's great. I'm glad that you got it, got mm-hmm. you to the merge, but it doesn't really count as much as something that happened at the be- at the end of the game so that makes sense yeah yeah jamie well uh i just want to thank you for being here and wrap up our kind of our time together and if is there anything that you would like to promote or share with our listeners about anything that's going on in your area of the world i appreciate you asking about that uh yeah i was just here to talk about survivor but uh we do have a new game <laughs> we have a new game called apiary that's coming out soon and apiary is full of positive player interaction so if people like that aspect of, of survivor they might enjoy this game about space bees that we are just shipping to uh, early customers right now. Um, but yeah, I'm, mostly I just wanted to, to geek out about Survivor. Thank you guys for the opportunity to do this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are very thankful for you being on the episode. Thankful for what you do for the world of board games as well. And uh, hopefully uh, our listeners will get a kick out of seeing their two loves uh, merge <laughs> into one. So uh, thank you again for being on. And uh, if you're listening now, we'll speak Lama to you later.